You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 256 bets continues. I had a better Week 2 than I had Week 1. I'm going to quick, quickly review uh, Week 2 bets before I get into my picks for Week 3. I did better in Week 2 than I did in Week 1. I went 8-8, eight and eight, but still, obviously, with juice, and I didn't hit my Moneyline underdog. Obviously, with uh, the juice, the vig... I still lost, I think it was uh, 0.72 units, I believe. So less than a unit I lost, which, to be honest, I, I know I'm going to lose money. I could take 8-8 eight and eight every week. I'd take 8-8 eight and eight every week for the whole 256 bets. Positive, I mean 8-8, eight and eight, you don't really lose a whole lot of money, but the negative, actually, now that I think about it, nobody wins money if I go 8-8. Eight and eight. The people who tail me, they're not winning money. The people who fade me, they're not winning money, so... Actually, now that I think about it, I'd rather, I'd rather do either really well or really bad than go 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, But my bankroll doesn't hate an 8-8 eight eight week, I suppose. Uh, so overall now, I'm what? Does that make it 6 plus 8, 14 and, uh, 14 and 18? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 14 and 18 through the first two weeks for I'm down 5.22 units. But let's take another step forward. We took another step forward from week one to week two. Let's take another step forward from week two to week three. Let's have a winning week. Let's first, though, uh, like I said before I get into my picks, I'm just going to review how last week went here. Uh, Thursday night game. Jeez, it feels like forever ago already. But that was the Bengals-Browns. I had the over in that game. That hit with ease. No complaints there. The Falcons-Cowboys over 52.5. I went on my Falcons spiel on Tuesday's episode. So I'm not going to get into that again. It's a new week. Let's move on from what happened last week. But my over did hit in that game with ease, obviously. Dolphins plus six hit. So I started off good. Panthers plus nine. Um, It would have covered if Leonard Fournette didn't go on that long run there at the end of the game. That was for a meaningless touchdown. So Panthers plus nine did not hit. Steelers minus seven and a half. They were kind of the same deal. They were covering for a while. And then uh, Big Ben threw a pick at some point. That was just a wild throw for him to make. They returned it. I think if my memory serves me correctly, uh, that kind of led to the backdoor cover by the uh, by the Broncos. 
Uh, once Je- Jeff Driscoll went in the lineup, I thought for sure it was going to cover. It didn't end up working out. A lot of early afternoon games on Sunday, a lot of them turned on me late. Uh, Lions Packers over 49.5, that hit with ease. Uh, Rams Eagles under 45.5. I thought and there might be a chance there late, but it didn't end up coming through, so that didn't hit. A lot of overs so far through, throughout the first two weeks. Uh, Vikings plus three, that was a bad bet. The Vikings stink. Kirk Cousins look lost out there. Giants plus 210 versus the Bears. This is two weeks in a row now. Well, at least in week one, I would have got the push if I didn't take money line. Week two, if I didn't take money line, uh, I would have won the bet. So that makes me a little bit nervous to keep doing these weekly underdog picks because Giants cover the spread. Obviously, Daniel Jones had that chance late in the game to score a touchdown right at the very end of the game to score a touchdown and win the game, uh, which would have won my 2-1 to money line bet, but it was not meant to be. Uh, it got stopped is what their fourth down play was from like the 15. I think they had a couple shots from the 15 couldn't get in. So that, that stung. I mean, if they would have won that, that would have completely changed my week. Then it would have been what nine and seven for like over three units, I think. Uh, so that one play, I mean, that's kind of what I'm learning through this process through the first two weeks is that there's a lot of games in the NFL that really just come down to like one key play late in the game on whether or not a team covers or not, or whether or not a total goes over or not. A lot of them are. So I think the strategy is to kind of hit the games that uh, that are that, that that are the easy ones that that cover with ease. Don't make any bad bets, and then hope that the ones that are just kind of one play decides if it goes your way or if it goes against you. You just kind of hope that you have good luck that weekend. Because uh, yeah, that one game they score a touchdown that on that fourth down play, uh, last play of the game. Then that's it. I'm like up three units last week, but they don't convert that play, and now I'm down almost a unit. So. Uh, just kind of, it kind of goes to show how one play can kind of screw everything up. But regardless, 49ers uh, minus 7 against the Jets, that hit pretty easy. Uh, t- Titans minus 9 versus Jaguars. Uh, two weeks in a row that the team playing the Jaguars look like they're going to cover with ease, and then the Jaguars come back. Uh, they beat the Colts week 1, did not quite beat the Titans in week 2, but they covered the spread. Uh, Washington, Arizona, under 47.5. I hit that one. That turned out to be a little bit of sweat, as most unders do by the end of the game, but that ended up being my only late afternoon hit on Sunday because I lost Texans plus 7 versus the Ravens, and I lost also lost Chiefs minus 9 versus the Chargers. I knew one of those two underdogs were going were gonna to cover the spread. I, well, I shouldn't say I know. I'm not a fortune teller, uh, but I had a good feeling one of those two underdogs were going to cover, and, of course, I was on the wrong one. Uh, whatever. That's That's my bad. Uh, to be fair, if, if Terod Taylor started for the Chargers, I don't. I, don't, I think that game is completely different. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Seahawks minus four versus Patriots. This is where I had a little bit of luck. Uh, to be fair, Seahawks recovering. It would have been an absolute stinger if the Patriots scored in that last play, but thankfully they didn't. So uh, I mean, that's one of that's another game where the whole game and the spread just comes down to one final play. So that happens, I think, more often than I thought it did in the NFL. Uh, luckily, that one went my way. And then Raiders plus six versus the Saints uh, hit that one as well on Monday night to finish eight and eight. So thankfully, I hit the two primetime games Sunday and Monday to get back to eight and eight. Uh, but let's have a big week this week. Uh, was there anything else I wanted to say? I think there was, and now I'm forgetting. Uh, oh well, nope. Can't think of what I was gonna say. Maybe I'll think. <laughs> maybe I'll think about it when I uh, get into my picks here. So enough review, enough chit chat. Let's get into. The start of the podcast, my week three picks, the road to 256 bets for the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. 
bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. All right, let's get into these picks right away. Obviously, going to start with the Thursday night game uh, this week, which is probably not going to happen any other week. You're going to get my pick before Guys and Bets, because uh, today's show was canceled because of power outage, so we're going live on Thursday instead. Uh, so if you listen this Thursday morning, you'll know my pick already. But actually, to be honest, I'm not bringing down my pick on Guys and Bets because Joe's on the same pick, and he claimed it. So he wants to give the pick out on Guys and Bets. I'm on the same side as him, so I don't even think I'm going to be giving out a Thursday night pick on Guys and Bets. But I digress. My pick is Dolphins. I'm taking Dolphins plus three. I got the juice at minus 115 against the Jaguars. I got a lot of minus 115 juice this week, which kind of makes me nervous. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. But that's it's never a great sign to have too many minus one fifteens because if I go eight and eight again, I might lose close. To, I might lose like an actual unit. Uh, but regardless, Dolphins plus three minus one fifteen against the Jaguars. I mean, before the season started, the sports books had the line for this game set at Dolphins minus one. So has enough happened in the first two weeks to justify a four point swing in the Jaguars' favor? I don't think so. I'm not buying in on the Jaguars so far this season. Uh, if they're for real, they'll beat the Dolphins because I think I think the true test of a uh, of whether or not a team is good isn't necessarily if they give good teams uh if they beat good teams or give good teams a run for their money it's more about if they beat the teams who they should beat now if the jaguars are actually good then they should beat the dolphins but i don't, I don't think they actually are i mean maybe gardner Minshew just took a massive step from his first season to his second season maybe he did i mean he does right now i think he's like third or second in completion percentage so far this season i mean maybe he did but I'm not I'm not I'm not just ready just quite yet. I numbers wise both teams are very similar. They're 20th and 22nd in offensive yards. Jacksonville does have a slight advantage uh, in opponent offensive yards. So defensively they've had a slight slight advantage. They're 23rd, Miami's 30th, but they're still 18th and 19th in opponent points per game. So if you're going to look at the stats through first two weeks, they're basically all the same. They're right neck and neck with everything. So really, I mean, it's a toss-up game. It's two not-great teams. It's two bad teams. It's a Thursday night game. I'm just going to take the team that's getting the points and hope for the best. So I'll take Dolphins plus three. If Jaguars were plus three, I'd probably take the Jaguars. If it's a pick I don't know what I'd do. But two bad teams playing a toilet bowl game. I'm not going to complain that this is the Thursday night. You, in a normal football season, I'd be complaining that they give, gave us the Dolphins and Jaguars on Thursday night. But... I know what it was like like five months ago when we had no sports at all, so I will not complain. I will gladly watch, but I'll take I'll just take take the team that's getting the points because who knows what's going to happen in this toilet bowl. So give me Dolphins plus three. Moving on, Falcons minus three and a half versus the Bears minus one hundred five. I'm on my Falcons. Like I said at the start of the show, I'm not going to rant about the Falcons again. I already did that on Tuesday. Nobody is a more angry Falcons fan than I am, but I bet bet against them in week one. I won. Bet the over in week two. That hit, so I'm 2-0 and in Falcons game so far this season. I think I know the Falcons well, and it's time for me to bet on my own team. I don't care how bad the Falcons' uh, defense is. There is no way that the Bears' offense can keep up with the Falcons' off- offense. I refuse to believe it. The Falcons are 4th in yards per game, 5th in points per game. Meanwhile, the Bears are 23rd in yards per game, 21st in points per game. You're telling me Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller is going to get close to being able to score as many points as Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley? I won't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm willing to go down with the sinking ship if the Falcons don't win this game. But if the Falcons don't, if the Falcons lose the Bears, I... I'm going to lose my fucking shit if they lose to the Bears. They can't. They need to get a win here. They're going to cover the spread. Falcons minus 3.5, minus 105. By the way, 
Um, oh, right. This is the thing in the intro that I wanted to talk about in the intro and then didn't talk about. I knew I was going to – I knew I was going to remember at some point. Um, week two kind of showed – that me betting on every single game in the NFL season probably isn't a good idea because in the Capper Cup, if you guys didn't see on Twitter, the Capper Cup, obviously, for Odd Shark, uh, like 20 or 30 handicappers are picking their five best bets each NFL week. My five best bets last week went 5-0. and So in a normal in a normal season, like the seasons leading up to this one, I would normally only make five or six bets uh, in an NFL for each week in the NFL. So if I just only bet on my five best NFL bets, I went 5-0. and I had a clean sweep. But with so many games that I don't feel comfortable, that I have to force them because I said I'd bet on every single game. I finished 8-8. Eight and eight. So that kind of shows the downside of betting on every single game. I could have just bet like normal, went 5-0, and oh, maybe 5-1 and one if I made a 6 pick. And uh, I would have had a great week. But anyways, I went 8-8 eight and eight with my actual bets. So that's an example of why uh, betting on every single game probably isn't a great idea. I uh, also went 4-1 and one in bet online. The Odd Shark Capper Cup, you can do spreads or totals, so I could be a little bit, uh, I could kind of pick and choose exactly what bets I, I want to make. The bet online mega contest is spreads only, so I ended up going 4-1 and one in that one. The one that I lost was the Chiefs. So very good week in the, both the contests for me. Not a good week with my road to 256? Uh, two, what have I been saying? 265 or 256? What is it? 252? I don't remember how many, I think it's 256, right? 256, that's what we're going with. Um, at the start of the show, I might have said 265. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Let's move on to the next game. Bengals and Eagles. Uh, this is not a game that I feel very comfortable about. But I'm going to take Eagles plus 5.5. Or, sorry, Bra- Bengals plus 5.5 versus the Eagles. Another minus 115. Um, love what I saw from Joe Burrow on Thursday night going in the, uh, against the Browns. He's two games into his NFL career with no preseason games, don't forget. And he's already making professional-looking throws. He hates losing. He said it in the post-game press conference. He's pissed off that they're 0-2. He's a born winner. He's going to show up on Sunday. The Bengals are my preseason pick to be the surprise team of the year. I'm not giving up hope for them yet. On the other hand, Carson Wentz and the Eagles have looked ap- like they're in absolute shambles. 28th in offensive yards per game. The only teams that are worse on offense through the first two weeks are the Giants, Vikings, Jets, and Washington. Not good company to be in. They're also 27th in points per game. Their offense looks bad, bad, bad. I can't lay 5.5 points on a team whose offense is looking that bad. Uh, so I don't love this pick, but I'm going to take it. It's pro- it's between the spreads and the totals. It's the one I like the most. I'll take Bengals plus 5.5 against the Eagles. Uh, oh, by the way, I will give the Eagles defense credit, by the way. I mean, I have to kind of say that. Still ninth in opponent yards per play, so their defense has looked very good. Maybe that's why the spread is, a, is as big as it is, but uh, I still believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in the Bengals. I don't believe in Carson Wentz, so give me Bengals plus 5.5. All right, Texans-Steelers. Another tough one. Um, I'm going to go Texans. I'm going to go Texans plus 4 against the Steelers. This one's minus 110. You have to just throw stats out of the window for this game. So don't even look at stats for this game because it's not even fair. The Texans started their season against the two best teams in the, in the league, at least the two best teams in the AFC, and then they take on the Steelers. Ooh, the, guy, the scheduler for the NFL just hates the Texans, apparently. Uh, starting their season with the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers, who might be the three best teams in the AFC, like that's just rude, to be honest. Uh, so throw stats out the windows because all the stats are the Texans against the two best teams and the Steelers played against who the Giants and a Jeff Driscoll-led uh, Broncos team. 
uh, and they only beat those two teams by a combined 15 points. So the stats are going to be all askew because Texans aren't as bad as their numbers show. They play the Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers are probably not as good as their numbers show because they played against uh, Jeff Driscoll led Broncos team and then the Giants. So throw stats out the window. I'll take the Texans and the points here just for that exact reason. Their opponents have made them look worse than they are. The Steelers opponents have made them look better than they are. Deshaun Watson is still Deshaun Watson. Give me Texans and the points plus four minus 110. Another tough game. There's a few tough games back to back. Actually, the whole slate. I don't love the slate. Uh, this week. Uh, also, by the way, what I'm going to do now is at the show when I review at the end of the show when I review my picks, I'm gonna, I'll just break. I'll give you guys my five best bets. Um, I won't give them out as I go along, but when I conclude everything at the end, I'll let you guys know what my five best bets are, so you don't have to try to figure out which ones I like the most. Uh, and they'll probably be the same five that that I put in the Capper Cup as well. Um, but this is another tough game that I can't, I couldn't decide on for a while. I went back and forth. Patriots, I am going to back the Patriots, minus 6, minus 120. So even worse juice than this one, but odds are what they are, are what they are. I'm still using Bovada, because uh, that's where all my bankroll is. I might switch that over to Bet Online here and start using Bet Online. But Bovada, they had Wednesday night, minus 120 for the Patriots, minus 6. So that's what my bet is. I think, I mean, I think this is just going to come down to the defense. So, New England, New England, I think, is going to struggle against teams who have a good pass defense, but the Raiders are certainly not one of those teams. Uh, they're 29th, so the Raiders are 4th last in opponent passing yards per game, and the two QBs they faced was Teddy Bridgewater and a noodle arm Drew Brees, so I think the Patriots will be able to be effective through the air, despite Julian Edelman still being basically their only option out at wideout. Patriots defense, meanwhile, 11th in opponent yards per game, 14th in opponent points per game. Uh, also, Cam Newton faced no pressure against the Seahawks, which I'm actually going to get into a little bit more here in a bit. Uh, but he was able to throw the ball well when he wasn't getting pressured. The Raiders have only one sack in the first two games uh, in the first two weeks, so I don't expect Cam to face much pressure this week either. I'll take the Patriots minus six, minus one twenty. Now this is uh, the next one is Rams plus two, and I I don't understand this line. Um, I just got off radio in Saskatchewan, a Saskatchewan radio station. We talked about this. The host was all over the Rams in this one. I am as well. I mean, this is, and by the way, this is another one you have to kind of throw stats out the window for the most part. Um, I, I, I don't get it. The Rams have looked fantastic. They beat a very good Cowboys team, and then the Eagles, who had a very good defense. The Bills have beat the Jets and the Dolphins. Who cares? Yes, they did what they had to do. Yes, Josh Allen looked very good. Uh, throwing some deep balls, but who cares about the Jets and the Dolphins? I can't put any weight into those wins. Maybe the Dolphins a little bit, but still, they didn't cover against the Dolphins. Uh, Bills, third in offensive yards per game. Yes, of course, against the Jets and Dolphins. The local Pee Wee team will probably be able to put up 300 yards a game against those teams. The Rams are fifth, but the Rams have faced much better defenses. Cowboys, Cowboys defense hasn't been great, to be fair, but the Eagles, Eagles are like a top 10 defense right now. Um... Yeah, I'll take the spread at plus two just in case it could, does come down to a less, last second field goal. Maybe the Bills can pull it off right at the end. Uh, plus two at even money, whereas the money line was just plus 110. So whatever, I'll just take the plus two at even money for the Rams in that one. Um, like I said, throw the stats out the windows because the Bills have played against probably two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I thought the preseason, preseason the Bills were kind of my pick for a team that's going to take a step back. i got to stick to that. I'm sticking to a lot of my takes throughout this week because still two weeks in, we can't really use uh, put too much weight on the stats so far. So that's what I got to say about that. Give me Rams plus two at even money. All right, 49ers minus four. Minus 110 against the Giants. I think this line is an overreaction to the injuries that the 49ers had. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> you talk about a team that's just banged up this early in the season. It's unbelievable how many injuries the 49ers have. But, 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 you know what position on the team didn't get affected by injuries yet? Their offensive line. I think they'll still be able to run the ball. The Giants have the 24th ranked run defense through the first two weeks, and they played against two teams that aren't exactly known for the run games, uh, the Steelers and the Bears. So um, 49ers run the ball down their throat, I think. Also, no Saquon Barkley for the Giants. I mean, the 49ers don't have to focus their entire defensive game plan on stopping him. They can kind of more focus on Daniel Jones. Uh, so put the injuries in the back of your mind. Don't think about those too much. Take the 49ers minus four. They're going to run the ball down the Giants' throat. Titans, Vikings, Titans minus two and a half. That, I'm taking the Titans minus two and a half. Vikings against the Vikings at minus 115. Try not to overthink this one as well. Titans offense obviously based around the run. We all know that fourth most rushing attempts in the NFL through the first two weeks. The Vikings defense is 28th in stopping the run through the first two weeks. They've allowed 154.5 yards per game on the ground. Jonathan Taylor got 101 yards against them last week. Aaron Jones got 66 yards on only 16 carries in week one. I think this will be Derrick Henry's coming out party. We've been waiting for Derrick Henry to explode. I think this is the week that he does it. Kirk Cousins looked absolutely lost out there last week. They really missed Stephon Diggs. They have no number two receiving option next to Adam Thielen. Their defense is banged up, so they have a bunch of young guys starting. Uh, this might be a pick that seems too obvious. You might look at it and think, eh, is that a trap? It seems a little fishy, but whatever. I'm going to jump on it anyway. Give me the Titans minus 2.5, minus 115 against the Vikings. Also, Vikings screwed me last week. I can't bet on them again. Uh, what I have in week one. Oh, I had the over, so I won in their game week one. But last week, they're brutal against the Colts. Brutal. Uh, next, Browns against Washington. I'm going to take the Browns minus 7, minus 115. I think we're getting a little bit of like a residue betting value against Washington after their week one win over the Eagles. But make no mistake about it, their team stinks. Second last in offensive yards next to the Jets. Uh, obviously, they do have a very solid defense. I will say that. That has kind of been their bright spot this season, especially their pass rush. They have 11 sacks already this season, I believe it is, uh, if my math is right. Um, but the Browns' offensive line should slow them down. The Browns have only allowed two sacks through the first two games. So um, as long as, uh, you know, I'm hoping for no backdoor cover. Hopefully Baker Mayfield gets a little bit of time to throw. Love Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is going to be able to run a little bit on this defense. Uh, Browns are at home as well. If they're on the road, I might not have been so quick to pull the trigger on a seven-point spread, but I'll take it in the spot. Browns minus seven versus Washington at minus 115. Panthers against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is my first total bet. Uh, I think I only have two this week. Oh, no, I have three. I have two overs and one under. This is my first over, and I'm going over 43.5 minus 110 between the Panthers and Chargers. Uh, I mean, first of all, is the Chargers defense really as good as they've kind of shown the first two weeks, or are those two games a little bit of an anomaly? Uh, obviously, that's tough to say. I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm going against what I think is a little bit of an overreaction. I'll take the over 43.5. I think it's an overreaction to the first two Chargers games have been low-scoring games, and obviously, if you can hold the, uh, the Chiefs defense in check, which they did uh, despite losing the game on a last-second field goal, that says something about your defense. But, I, I mean... I don't think they're they're that good on defense. Like I said, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to two low-scoring games. So I'll take the over 43.5. Also, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater quietly having a very, very solid season through the first two starts. Uh, he's 0-2, which is probably why he's not getting a lot of attention. But he's fourth in the league in passing yards right now and sixth in completion percentage. 
So Teddy Bridgewater, shout out to him. He's looking good on a team where he doesn't really have a whole lot of weapons. Robbie Anderson's actually been great for the Panthers. Um, but also the Panthers' uh, defense is absolutely horrible. 27th in opponent points per game. So uh, their offense might be a little bit underrated. It'll be interesting to see what they do uh, without Christian McCaffrey there this weekend. Uh, but I think their offense might be a little bit underrated. Their defense absolutely stinks. Uh, also, Justin Herbert will be getting the start for the Chargers. He looked fantastic against a very solid Chiefs defense. Still made a couple rookie mistakes, but obviously that's going to happen. Um, also, by the way, Panthers, only team in the NFL that has yet to record a sack so far this season. Zero sacks for the Panthers. So that's what you want when you have a, r- a rookie quarterback starting. He's going to have time to sit in the pocket and make the safe throws that he needs to make. Uh, so I love that fact about it as well. Uh, just an overreaction. The total's too low in my opinion. I'll take the over 43.5 minus 110. Next, the game of the week. <laughs> the Jets against the Colts. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one. Jets are 11-point underdogs. I'm going to take Jets plus 11 minus 115. I hate it. 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 The Jets are a dumpster fire right now. They're terrible. They have the worst stats in the league. Adam Gase is a cokehead that needs to be fired off into the sun and never have an NFL job again. But I refuse to take a double-digit favorite in the NFL this early in the season. If the Jets were this bad every week, and maybe it was like week 8, then maybe I'd take the Colts, but not in week 3. Two games is not a big enough sample size for me to be convinced that laying 11 points in the NFL is the right move. I can't do it. So that's the only reason I have for this pick because there's no sense looking at the stats because the stats will say take the Colts all day. But week three, I can't put that much value in the first two weeks despite how bad the Jets have looked. I just can't do it. Jets plus 11. You know what this game reminds me of? Remember when the Jets took on the Cowboys last year and they were like 10, 11, 12, 13 point underdogs, something like that, and they ended up winning outright? Uh, this reminds me of that spot almost identical. Everyone thinks the Jets are dumpster fires. They're putting too much value into uh, just a two-week sample. Uh, sample. Not saying the Jets are going to win outright. Definitely not. But 11 points in week three, I just can't do it. Give me the Jets plus 11. Minus 115. Cowboys, Seahawks. I love this pick. Uh, either this pick or the Falcons pick is going to be my best bet. I haven't kind of decided bet- between the two. But um, Cowboys, Seahawks. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus five. Versus the Seahawks, minus 110. Love that the Cowboys are getting five points here. I thought it would have been three or less, but I so I would have taken it probably a three, but I love the five. Yes, the Seahawks. They've looked, for the most part, have looked great through the first two weeks, They um, but they have a big hole in their defense that not too many people are talking about, and that's their pass rush. Matt Ryan and Cam Newton both had all day to throw in their games against them, especially Cam Newton. Uh, and because of that, the Seahawks are actually, you might be a little bit surprised to, to hear this, but they're actually dead last in opponent passing yards per game. They have been giving up through the first two weeks 415 yards through the air per game. Now, that might also have to do with the fact that they've, in both games, have kind of got out to early leads, so teams have had to pass to fucking try to catch them. Um, but I don't think it matters because, like I said, Matt Ryan, can't, it's, it's kind of less on their defensive backs and more on the fact that they're getting no pressure on the quarterback and they're just chilling there in the pocket and then throwing a dime. Um, and also, by the way, like I said, most passing yards in the NFL given up through the first two weeks. You know who last year led the NFL in passing yards? Dak Prescott. So I think people are being a little bit blinded by Seahawks' primetime win over the Patriots, which was a great win and a great game, fun game to watch, which... To be fair, they were a yard away from losing, though. I'll take the Cowboys in the points here, and I'll... Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll make this my best bet of the week. I'll make Cowboys plus five my best bet of the week. There it is. Lock it in. Falcons, uh, 
second best bet of the week. Uh, Lions against Cardinals. Another bet that I hate, but I have to do it. I'm going to take the Lions plus six, minus 110. Uh, first of all, uh, let's get this out of the way. My Kyler Murray sucks hot take that I tweeted out a month ago. Uh, not looking very good. Uh, so let's just not mention that I think Kyler Murray sucks or thought that Kyler Murray sucks. Let's move on, move past that really quick. Uh, this is my fade the public pick of the week. As of recording this Wednesday night, the Cardinals are the most publicly backed team this week so far. They're receiving 66% of bets. They have the better stats. They have the better record. Um, they've looked just eye test a lot better. They beat up on Washington. They beat San Francisco in the first week. Uh, you would think Cardinals to win by a touchdown would be a lock. I'm not taking the bait. I think Matt Stafford and the Lions offense, they usually in, uh, in a lot of games, just in Matt Stafford games, he just his he just seems to hang around. Uh, he didn't last week. They got blown out against the Packers last week, but their offense is good enough. They're just going to hang around in games. Cardinals will most likely win, but do they cover six points? I don't think so. Uh, give me Detroit plus six. This might even be like a last second, last backdoor cover. Could be. Could be. Lines plus six. Broncos and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is my only under bet of the week. I'm going under 43.5, minus 115 in this game between the Bucs and Broncos. Two bad offenses. Is Jeff Driscoll, by the way, going to start for the Broncos this week? Or is it going to be Blake Bortles? I assume it'll be Driscoll. I mean, I assume Blake Bortles is not going to learn a playbook in three days, four days, and then play. Uh, so, Jeff Driscoll-led offense. Denver's 27th in offensive yards per game. Tampa Bay's 25th. By the way, I just want to note something here. Little interesting note, because I think these are the only teams that this is the case for. The Bucks and the Raiders have played the same two teams in the first two weeks, right? Raiders played Panthers and then Saints. Bucks played Saints and then Panthers. So Bucks and Raiders both have played the same two defenses, same two teams. Tom Brady and the Bucks are 25th in yards per game. The Raiders are 15th. Hmm. Just some food for thought there. I don't know what that means to imply. Tom Brady sucks. He stinks. He sucks. That's a hot take that I hit at the start of the in the preseason. Same with two Drew Brees and his noodle arm. The Raiders are outgaining them against the same two teams by quite a bit. So their offense stinks. Uh, 25th in offensive yards per game. Meanwhile, Tampa's defense is actually looking half decent this year. This is like a bizarro Tampa Bay compared to last year. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense, 12th in opponent yards per game. I think it's going to be an ugly game for both offenses. Um, a 68-year-old Tom Brady against Jeff against Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, you can't be a good quarterback with the name Jeff Driscoll. That's a that's a backup quarterback name if I ever heard one. Uh, this would be my only under bet of the week, as I said, but I like it under 43.5, minus 115, but between the Yucks and the Broncos. Next, we got the Sunday Nighter. Ding, 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 ding. Underdog money line alert. Underdog money line alert. Packers plus 145 against the Saints. This seems like the obvious underdog money line to take. Um, I decided between this one and the, and, and the Cowboys, but listen, I'm 0-2 on the money line underdog pick, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a safer one. Um, it is does kind of seem a little bit obvious, which makes me nervous, but how is Noodle Arm Breeze a favorite? I'll be betting against the Saints every week, until Drew Brees is no longer their starter. I don't care he threw for over 300 yards last week. His arm looks terrible. If you watch that game, he was missing throws. He was doing that thing where he's like rotating his arm after every throw. Like it's, uh, I don't know, like his shoulder's popping out and he's trying to pop it back in. I think he's just old. This team will go as far as Calvin Kamara, or sorry, Alvin Kamara can take them. Um, 
But, I, I mean, Packers have looked great. Also, don't forget this is a short week for the Saints, too. They just played Monday night. Meanwhile, Packers, first in offensive yards per game, 10th in opponent yards per game. They have all the pieces. Aaron Jones looks great. Aaron Rodgers looks great. Their defense has six sacks through the first two weeks. I missed on the money line underdog the first two weeks, but I think I have a good chance to hit this one. Packers plus 145 against the Aints. Uh, that leaves us with a Monday nighter. Chiefs, Ravens. I uh, don't really have a whole lot of in-depth statistical analysis that's going to blow your mind here. Let's just take the over and have some fun. I got it at 54 minus 115. This might be, if there's any bets that I make, that when you're listening to this, you might want to lock in early. It's going to be this one because a Chiefs and Ravens game, this total is not going to go down between now and Monday night. I'm going to guess it's going to be actually probably go up to like 56, 56 and a half by the time kickoff happens. So this might be one you might want to lock in early. Uh, obviously, two best teams in the league last season. Friends, like, let's come on, just take the over. Let's have some fun. You're probably going to just want to bet this one early. Just have some fun, root for points, because who knows what's going to happen between these two teams. Let's just hope for a shootout. If I were to pick a side, I'd probably go Ravens minus three because they're uh, first in net yards per play so far this season, uh, and the Chiefs obviously didn't look fantastic last week against the Chargers, so I'd probably go Ravens if I had to. Uh, but screw that. Let's just have some fun on Monday night. I'm certainly not betting the under. Could you imagine sitting there and watching Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes go go at each other head-to-head and you're rooting for points not to be scored? This, If there's ever a game in the NFL that you'd want to not bet on the under, it's this one. Let's have some fun on Monday night over 54. Um, yeah, probably we probably are getting a better number on this one. We nor- if, if, the Chargers, or if the Chiefs blow out the Chargers and their offense looked as good as they did in week one, this total would probably not be as low as it is, so... Maybe a little bit of an overreaction to the charter to the Chiefs against the Chargers last week. Over 54, minus 115. Now, did I bet every single game? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I did. I, I really need to count up my picks before I start every week, before I start recording. Um, just in case I miss one, but I did not. Those are 16 picks for week two. Let's... Really quickly go through them. Dolphins plus three, minus 115. Falcons minus three and a half, minus 105. Bengals plus five and a half, minus 115. Texans plus four, minus 110. Patriots minus six, minus 120. Rams plus two at even money. 49ers minus four, minus 110 against the Giants. Titans minus two and a half, minus 115. Browns minus seven, minus 115. Panthers, Chargers over 43 and a half, minus 110. Jets plus 11, minus 115. Cowboys plus five, minus 110. Lions plus six, minus 110. Bucks, Broncos under 43 and a half, minus 115. Packers plus 145 on the money line versus the Aints. And then Chiefs, Ravens over 54, minus 115. Those are my 16 bets. As promised, I'll give you my five best bets, the ones that I will include in the Odd Share Capper Cup. I'm going to go Cowboys plus five is my best bet. Falcons minus three and a half versus the Bears is next. And then Panthers Chargers over 43 and a half. Rams plus two versus the Bills. And I think for my fifth one, I think I'm just going to throw in that Lions pick. I hate it, but I hate it so much I love it. Uh, you could probably throw Packers in there instead. I, I mean, I kind of like the Packers, but I don't know. We'll see what happens in that game. Like I said, the Lions pick I hate so much that I love it. Uh, what's another game that that I kind of like? Browns minus 7 versus Washington. 49ers minus 4 versus Giants. 49ers are probably my 6th pick. 
and I kind of want to put them in as the fifth bet, but they are so banged up, I don't want to put them in as one of the best bets. So there you go. Those are my five best bets. I'm going to lock those in in the Odd Shark Capper Cup. Cowboys plus five, Falcons minus three and a half, Panthers Chargers over, Rams plus two, and Lions plus six. All right. That concludes, I guess, the week two, the week three, NFL week three episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Um, really quick, I, I guess uh, I'll just address the the guy who left a review. Um, I appreciate him leaving a review. I appreciated him leaving a four-star review, but his comment was that he loves the content, um, but he hates the name of the Bacon Bets podcast. It's weird. <laughs> I, would, I agree with him. That's kind of the point. This isn't like a, the most serious sports betting podcast of all time. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm a degenerate. I like bacon. Uh, sometimes if I win, uh, I guess that counts as bringing home the bacon. The few times that I get hot, I don't know. I kind of like the name. It is kind of weird. The show is kind of weird. I'm ranting to myself in the corner of my apartment. It's a weird situation to begin with. I'm talking to nobody really. My part, my, uh, my neighbors probably think I'm a lunatic that I'm schizophrenic or something. Bacon Bets Podcast, NFL Week 3. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Best of luck to your bets, whether or not you choose to tail me, whether or not you choose to fade me. Best of luck either way. I hope I do really well or really bad so that if you tail me, you do well. If I do well, if you fade me, the people who fade me will do well. So uh, let's hope for a little bit of an extreme week. Let's get, let's aim for 10 and 6. Uh, yeah, 10 and 6, right? Because once again, same as last week, since I went 8-8, eight and eight, if I go 10-6 and six this week, then I'm back to 500 for the season. So 10-6 and six is going to be the goal again this week. Best of luck to us. Best of luck to you guys. I love you all. And I will see you. Am I going to have a Tuesday episode? Yes, I'll have a Tuesday episode. I'll see you next Tuesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.